Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to this week's Failed Critics Podcast. I'm Steve Norman, and if I'd bothered to put some time into this, because this is a Ghostbusters episode, I would have given us some spooky Nightly Dawn Tree House of Horror Simpsons episodes, but I've not. So I'm with Owen Hughes. <laughs> Hello. Andrew Brooker. Evening, guys. And Brian Plank. Hello. As we uh, review the latest Ghostbusters film, um, as well as some other things, including the new Netflix show Stranger Things and everything else we've been watching this week, um, as well as the quiz and the news. We'll start off with the quiz, and it's 2 nils to Owen. I'm hosting. It's Owen versus Brooker and Brian, and I've actually compiled one um, that makes sense this week. Yeah, you're no longer sort of safe hands with the quiz after last week's catastrophe, no, no. so you're no. gonna, you are promised this week's going to be more stable, this, less shambolic. This, this week makes sense, right? Well, that is a good start. It's multiple choice, and mm-hmm. we're being a Ghostbusters um, episode this week, or we're reviewing Ghostbusters anyway. I have done a quiz around ghosts in films. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jacob right. Marley. No, not involved. Right, no. Okay. <laughs> right. So it's all multiple choice. Obviously, Owen gives me answers. Brooker and Brian give me their answer. The correct one gets a point. If you're correct, you get a point. Um, so, question one. Patrick Swayze's character Sam in the film Ghost was killed in which manner? A. Bludgeoning B. A gunshot or C. Strangulation My god uh, Gunshot? Not a clue mm. So Owen's gone for B. Gun- gunshot What option are you two going for? You can also pick the same answer if you wish but Owen might not be right uh, yeah, My first thought was hit by a car but plainly not I have no clue, mate, so I'll go with whatever you want. Beaten up. Okay, no. It was Owen who's correct there with B, gunshot. Oh, that's a pure guess. Yes. Pure guess. Um, in, in a mugging from my research. I've, it's been a long time since I've filmed the film Ghost, but I have seen it once. Good. Yes. Good. Um, <laughs> question, question two. According to, according to urban legend and some still images I've seen of this scene on the internet, in which movie... Is there apparently a ghost boy in the background? A, three men and a baby. B, three men and a little lady. Or C, the princess bride. The fuck? Well, I, I know this one. one of the three men I've, films. I've... Well, I know it, so I'm going to let you guys go in first. In every yeah, if, if, if you know it, Owen, you let them answer first. Oh, that's what I'm doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know it's one of the no, three men films. I think it's three men and a baby. Okay, and Owen? 
Yeah, three men and a baby. Yes, it is three men and a baby, so that makes it 2-1 to Owen. Going into question three, and I'll apologise to any aficionados of this film if I pronounce these wrong. Which one of these is not one of Casper the Friendly Ghost's uncles? Is it A, Basso, B, Lazo, or C, Brazo? <laughs> which one is which one is oh not? One? I told you this was ghost themed, and it's better than last week. So I was trying to think of ghost films that aren't horror films. And so you went for Casper the Friendly Ghost. Take it, a Casper, that kid who died. <laughs> I'm going to go. Film, I'm going to go Brazo. I don't know. I don't okay. know. Read the names out again, mate. A Faso, B Lazo, and C Brazo. It might be worth pointing out that Faso is double S, where the other two are double Z. It might help you. I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I have no idea. This, I'm Go really for the first one. Yeah. Faso. It is um, what Owen said, Brazo. So Owen is now 3-1 in the lead. Nice. That's a film production company, isn't it? I've seen the locals. <laughs> yeah. I would not know about those things. Mm, full, full, field, full field will ask him he, he watched the Brazzers um, Ghostbusters porn parody okay. I don't know why I mean he didn't even have to review it it wasn't even for the podcast it wasn't coming I, on to review the main Ghostbusters you know, I, 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 Owen, we I all know why Paul was watching it yeah so, to release exoplasm of his own Come on, there was going to be an ectoplasm joke on this podcast, wasn't there? It's yeah. best to get, get it, it out early. of the way. Yeah. Get it in early, and we can all move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, question four. Bruce Willis's character in The Sixth Sense had what job before suffering a bout of deadness? A, <laughs> child, a child psychologist, B, child psychiatrist, or C, guidance counsellor? Uh, guidance counsellor? Child psychologist? Yeah, we'll go for that. Okay. Brooker and Brian are correct. Is child psychologist, meaning it's 3-2. Have you got course, five questions? I've got six questions. Oh. So you could um, try it. Mm. Um, question five. According to the trivia page for the original Ghostbusters film um, on IMDb, the role of Peter Venkman was originally written for A, Michael Keaton, B, John Belushi, or C, Ted Danson? John Belushi, I think. I'd, yeah, I reckon Belushi. Yeah, you are both correct. Is John mm-hmm. Belushi? Apparently, Michael Keaton did turn down the role, though. But the role was originally um, written for John Belushi. Um, and the final question, then, uh, another Ghostbusters question. In the Ghostbusters song from the original soundtrack of the original theme tune in the original film, where is the Invisible Man? A. In your head. B. In your bed. Or C. In your kitchen. <laughs> He's sleeping in your bed. He's sleeping in your bed. Mm-hmm. You've got, you're all going for bed. Yep. Yeah. You are all correct, but that means Owen takes it and can make me watch a film. Yeah, I've won. But come on, that quiz, that quiz was all right, wasn't it? It went much more smoothly than expected. <laughs> yes. It was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I've learned something about Casper's uncle, so. I suppose there's the educational aspect to it as well. Um, I haven't uh, learned anything. No, yeah. me neither. I can't remember what the uncle answer was. <laughs> oh, God. Brazo, I think it was. Brazo. 
Yes. Mm. He's the one that touched Casper. Uh, he was the one that wasn't actually his uncle who might well have done something like that. Oh. Uh, no, I don't know. That one was just made, that one was just made up in my head. The other two were actually his uncles. And there was a third uncle, but that wouldn't have worked in multiple choice. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, oh, what are you going to make me watch? Um, Netflix, for ages, is pushing this sort of trilogy of horror films on me. For no reason... Well, I know the reason. It's because I like generally... Uh, you know, sort of fame footage horror film style things and cheap oh, horrors. God. Yeah, so guess which uh, film we're going to make you watch. You may have if had this recommendation too. If it's if it's the one on the moon or the one at Chernobyl, I've seen them and I ain't watching them again. <laughs> no, it's neither. Ouija experiment. Right. That's yes. one that you're reviewing later, isn't it? I'm not going to talk about it. No, okay. no. We're just going to... Later we'll talk about Stranger Things because I fucking love that and I spent hours I, I, watching I'm it I'm really solidly. looking forward to talking about that because, like you just said, you've watched it solidly. If I didn't have work this morning, I would have watched all eight last night. I watched four back-to-back and it yeah. was about 20 past 12 when I watched the, the last one that I watched. Mm-hmm. I thought, can I really justify staying up to watch another one? But then if I'd done that, I would have ended up watching the last three. Well, there's only three left now, so... Exactly. You so, just rolled through them all. It's that kind yeah. of show. But um, The Ouija Experiment is a really cheap horror film from 2011, which yeah. is a famed footage, and it is possibly one of the worst horror films I've seen on Netflix. Think of, like, the cheapest crap, Asylum sort of film. Yeah. It even references another Asylum film called The Entity, which if you've seen that... Which is a, a shit knockoff of uh, Paranormal Entity, I think it's called, which is a knockoff of Paranormal <laughs> Activity. So oh, that's the kind shit. of standard of film that you're looking at here. Oh, asylum films are so shit. <laughs> yes. And the Ouija experiment is no exception to that. So look forward to that. And then if you like it, you can watch the, uh, the other two. It's part of a trilogy. Well, I mean, I, I, the last film I made you watch was Spice World, so I, mean, I can't really complain, can I? No. Uh, anyway, <laughs> should we move on to the news? Uh, well, we've had the, the Emmys this week, Owen. Uh, well, we've had the nominations, yeah. Yes. Um, 68th Prime Time Emmys, uh, to give them their full title. So we've got Outstanding Comedy Series, Outstanding Drama, Variety Talk Series, Variety Sketch Show, Limited Series, Reality Competition Programme, etc., etc., Um as we always do with these, we won't bother talking about them all because, you know, usually for these things, we've rarely seen all of the films and programmes and performances that have been nominated. Isn't, uh, isn't this the kind of thing that Joey's character on Friends would get nominated for in his role on a soap opera? For primetime Emmy? Probably, yeah, possibly, be a daytime yeah. Emmy. Daytime Emmy, yeah. Um, but, I mean, have you guys had a chance to look through the, the list of yes. nominations? Yeah. Any that yep. particularly stand out? Any that you think they've failed to, to include in particular categories? Or of, anything uh, shocking? A couple of standouts I have to admit I'm really impressed with. Uh, mm-hmm. Mainly Mr. Robot getting nominated for Best Drama. Okay. And, and Rami Malek getting or Rami Malek getting nominated for Best Actor in a Drama for Mr. Robot. Because he is fucking amazing. Everything I've seen him in, he's great. Apart, you know. He plays, I think, Tutankhamun in the Night at the Museum films, but you know, everyone's got a pair of bills. It says that's on the USA Network. I thought it was on Amazon Prime. 
Or is that all it's, it's, on, it's Amazon Prime? It's on USA in the States. It's a USA produced show in the States. And, over, and right. Amazon have bought rights to it for over here. Same as like Vikings they do over here. Okay. I thought Amazon had like, made it. No, no, no. They just, <clears throat> they just bought the rights to show it on TV over here. But, uh, I, I mean, I've, I've seen... The world. <laughs> <laughs> I did, it took a little bit of explaining to the missus who was going, oh, can we finish watching Mr. Robot? No, no, we can't. Because we've got to wait for next week's episode. <laughs> but it's on Prime. It doesn't matter. We've got to wait. But, yeah, I mean, I've been watching Rami Malek and shit for years. So he was in a, uh, a a short-run sitcom called The War at Home with Michael Rappaport back in the day. Uh, mm-hmm. And I really liked I really liked him in it. He played this kind of the, the mate of, his, of this guy's son who was, like, really sexually confused. And, like, it was one of the first sitcoms that they... Like they put a character like that in and, and tried to handle it really delicately. And it was really cool. And he was really cool in it. Uh, and when he got this, this Mr. Robot thing, I have to admit, I didn't watch Mr. Robot until last year or bit well beginning of this year. Uh, when I finally realized that the whole lot of season one was on Amazon prime and we sat and binged it in a couple of days. <laughs> it's one of those weird TV shows that it's kind of, it's full of techno babble, but it's, technically accurate techno babble which means geeks like me get to watch it and go oh that's really really cool but the really interesting thing about it is it does that for me but like my wife who barely knows how to send an email still finds it interesting to watch hmm. I, I think if, really it's, if, it, if it's a gripping drama it really shouldn't mm. matter how much you understand the specific you know little nitty-gritty detail like that if it can, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think perhaps maybe something like the West Wing is a good example of that. There's a mm. lot of political jargon in there. I, I, I don't follow politics that closely at all, but I love the West Wing. Mm. No, but the, and you're dead right. The West Wing is a really good example. I, I can't do politics. I know fuck all about it, but it's really engaging and really interesting. And like the West Wing uh, before it, like, politics can really put people off watching a TV show. House of Cards, mm. I think, is another one like that. You know, House of Cards is really interesting to watch, but the politics could put you off if you were, you know, in that kind of frame of mind. And, and Mr. Robot sits in that. If you're, it would be you would be easily put off that with that level of techno babble in it. But it's really, really well made and really interesting. And yeah, I I can't wait for like for Thursday's episode. I, I'm gutted that I can't binge it, and I'm really. I'm really chuffed for the guys that make it and for Rami Malek for getting for getting nominated for it. Yeah, it's in the same category as um, Game of Thrones and uh, Homeland and, as you mentioned, House of Cards. And, you know, it's the kind of things that you would expect to be in that category, I suppose. But uh, also, Downton Abbey is still still in with a shout of winning that. Jesus. Extended that I, must only be, I thought that finished. A while ago, is it only in because it's still being shown in America? I think didn't they have a didn't they have a Christmas special this year, which was the final ever episode? Maybe. Yeah, but it's like, like, like between between. The show I think Christmas special is in for best TV movie, mm, along I, with the very think, Merry Christmas. You're glad to know, but down for best yeah. series. Not a lot on over Christmas, I don't think. Um, <laughs> I th- I think I mean. I think Downton Abbey probably certainly finished between the time the last Emmys were announced and and the time this Emmys were announced. And if it's obviously America as well, they might not... I know we get shows in the same week they're released in America now, but I don't know if that quite works backwards 
for British shows being shown over there. So I could see I could see why Downton Abbey might still just about be able to be nominated in this Emmys, considering a year ago it was probably still shown on American telly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think we should waste any of our life or time on Downton Abbey. No, no, absolutely no. not. Better Call Saul is uh, nominated as well, though, and I I really enjoyed Better Call Saul. I have to I have to say that I think it was. It was one of those shows that, because it's a spin-off from Breaking Bad, you kind of half expect it to just be kind of loosely tied in and not actually outstanding in its own right. But I, I, I thought this past season was was great. It was really good drama. It, it was also really good comedy. So it's one of those shows that possibly could have fallen into either category. Uh, but, you know, it, it was just great telly, even though I didn't really watch it on telly. It was on Netflix. Mm. Mm. Um, anything else we got from the Emmys? Um, Fargo is up for best limited series. That, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, I never made it past the first half of the first season of that. With not because oh. I didn't like it, it was just um, it clashed with some other things at the time. And I, the, yeah, the first season is good because you know that something horrible is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of what and when. The second season is really good. Do you think it'll pip the night manager to the post? Um, I've not seen Night Manager, I don't know. I mean, mm. this up against American Crime, People vs. OJ, which could well get it, uh, um, and Roots. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what's good, I don't know what people will like. Yeah. So no, I, I, I mean, the People vs. OJ Simpsons, it's the most nominated show. It's up for 13 different uh, awards. Which is more than any any other show. Veep is on ten. Game of Thrones is nine. So it's sort of well in the lead, really. Um, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to pick a wall up, of course. But uh, I think it gives it a certain amount of uh, prestige going into these shows, where, into these awards, where it, it's the favourite to win in pretty much every category it's in. And after I, I didn't watch it, I just didn't bother with it when it was on TV over here. Have you got? Did you guys watch it, or did you avoid it, or just? I, just I, my, I kind of missed it. Mm. I don't like I true crime because at the heart of a true crime story is someone that, like an actual person that's been murdered, and I mm. find that odd for entertainment. Okay. Well, did you watch how to? You didn't watch how to make a murderer then, or no. anything like that. Right. Mm. See, when I mentioned Fargo, that's what I've watched this year. Mm-hmm. That and bits of Veep. I'm not up to speed with it. Right. No, I I've, I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. Veep is just perpetually popular, isn't it? Every award to, uh, award ceremony that comes around, Veep is nominated for something, um, which I'm not going to complain about. I'm not going to complain. We've got best female lead, best female supporting, and mm-hmm. best male supporting in a comedy series, plus best comedy, and a bunch of other ones. Mm-hmm. Has anyone noticed anything else particularly uh, surprising? Or I mean, I will say. The fact that a preacher isn't nominated for anything, probably not only an indication of the fact that it's not applicable for the awards, but it's just not been very good, has it? I know I'm going off tangent a little bit. Have you guys been watching Preacher? We no, we I... got like four episodes in, three episodes in, and something else came on, or I like on the Monday night I went out to watch a film or something, and literally we've just not picked it up since. And I don't think either of us could care less about the fact that we haven't watched it, which really sucks. I was kind of enjoying it, but at the same time, I just there are other yeah. things I want to watch first. I was told that it was they they messed with the pacing because 
instead of having characters they introduce with each episode, the first episode was just, here's everyone, story starts next week, which didn't do a lot for making people want to come back to it. No, it, it, the, the, it is really off the pacing, even within each episode. You know, it chucks a load of stuff at the beginning, then nothing happens for about 50 minutes, and then for two minutes at the end of an episode, more stuff is chucked at the, the screen and the story. And it's just really imbalanced. Um, it's real. It's it's a shame. It's a shame because, you know, of course they've taken elements of the original comics and they've changed it because... You know, there's no point in adapting a comic book for TV if you're just going to do it exactly the same. You might as well just go and read the comic book. Um, so that's that's fine. I haven't got a problem with them just sort of changing the dynamics of certain characters and how they work on screen and the backstory, etc., etc. Um, but they just haven't really done a good job. I feel a, a bit dismayed with the whole thing. I was hoping it would be better. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect it to get nominated in but it's, uh, it's been next year's season two, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was bound to be popular just because of the source material, but... Uh... I'm looking at the nomination just now, and in Best Writing for a Comedy Series, we've got Master of None and Catastrophe, Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley, Veep, and then Veep again. Mm-hmm. So it must be so good they nominated it twice. No idea why. Unless mm. there's a problem with the website. <laughs> That's most likely. I like that Luther's nominated for best television movie. Yeah, well, it was two, it was a two parter, wasn't it this time? Yeah, but it's I mean the series before was only what three episodes each anyway. Yeah, so. I, I think the next one's going to be just a TV movie, like no mm-hmm. fucking around. It'll be a film. Mm-hmm. Does Luther do the same sort of release schedule that Sherlock does, which is you get three hour and a half episodes and then we'll come back in two years. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, Luther's only similar. 60 minutes, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, it's, it's very... A si- it's similar format, yeah. Mm-hmm. Time now for what you've been watching, where we have a look at the non-new releases that we have watched in the last week or so, or non-cinema new releases in, in some cases this week. Um, but, Brian, why don't you start us off with what you've seen? I watched the 2015 Man from Uncle. Um, tons of fun. Like, I, when it came out last year, I thought that might be all right, but it's like eight pounds for cinema where I am. So I'll, I'll catch it later. Um, it's very stylish. I, I didn't like Guy Ritchie when he started because he, he had like a set number of tricks and he used them all all the time. Like, lots of very quick cut, 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 cut for transitioning scenes. And I didn't like his dialogue, and it was not for me. Uh, and then I liked his Sherlock films. The, the way of doing fight scenes was new and different. And has everyone seen Game of Shadows, the second one? Yeah. Yes. Right, and you know the bit where they're running through the forest and they've got a camera mounted on their shoulder? So looking at the actor in profile, so the actor is still relative to the rest of the screen, but the scenery bounces around. And it's a new way, of, yeah. for me, of looking at composing a shot. And he does one bit in this at the start where there's a car chase, and it's, a, it's done with effects, but it's a single continuous shot where it's zoomed in close on one driver, and it zooms out, pans, 
and zooms in again on another driver. I thought it's an interesting way of composing parts of a film, and even within scenes, they'll they'll run a scene like from one actor's point of view. They'll add information at the end, and they'll re- redo the scene when you know the rest of the story and go, oh, it's it tells its story well, and it's engaging and visual, and it's it's fun and funny and. They've set it up for a sequel, and I look forward to seeing it because Cavill and Arnie Hammer and Alicia Vikander are all tons of fun. And Hugh Grant's in it playing not quite Hugh Grant, but action Hugh Grant. Mm-hmm. A bit like how Colin Firth had gone into action Colin Firth. <laughs> I I wouldn't mind seeing action Hugh Grant. Game in the fun. Expendables. Yep. The big bad British guy for the Expendables film. There you go. Did he? No, no. Oh. But he could be. <laughs> Bad Kelsey Grammer. I mean, I'm sure they can get. Was it the Expendables? That... Kelsey Grammer? Or was that Transformers? Yeah. He's in Transformers. With Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Kelsey Grammer and Harrison Ford, I think, were both in Expendables mm. 3, weren't they? Harrison Ford, you can see, but Kelsey Grammer is a bit of an odd move. Like when you're trying to yeah. fit in as when you're trying to fit in as many like action stars as possible, and you're going right, who can we get for this one? Right, we'll get Van Damme in one, and we'll get Bruce Willis in, we'll get Arnie in, we'll get um, you know Chuck Norris in, whatever, and then you end up going, oh right, we can we can get Harrison Ford, just about borderline action star. We'll just get who else? We'll get the guy who played Frasier. Yeah, the guy who played Beast right. in one X Men film. Yeah, what what yeah. what what are you what are you think what's your thinking here? Well, <laughs> don't know. Why not? It'll be because you'll have a. It'll all be voice stuff, won't it? Or that that'll be the attraction with him. It's his mm. voice. Yeah, yeah. It, to be fair, Kelsey Grammer was one of the best things about the Expendables three because that film was not very good. <laughs> I liked the Expendables three. It was dumb, stupid, shitty fun. Uh, I liked the second one, which seems I... to be the one most people hate. Um, but. <laughs> Could just be because it had Van Damme in it, and everyone See, knows I, just, I think they were all. I think you just you got to not try and scratch the surface of them. You got to take them for the really yeah. shallow bags of shit that they are, and just sit back and switch off and enjoy. And I really like the Expendables films for that. Yeah, I mean the second one was uh, Simon West, wasn't it? Directing yeah. it, so you know it was just basically it was like a Con Air light, really. Yeah. You know, it was exactly the same Con Air and style. Tomb Raider. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but it had John Claude Van Damme as, what was his name, Jean Villain? Yeah. Villain as the bad guy, yeah. My, my biggest issue with the second one, actually, is I, I'm, I think they missed a trick. Obviously, in the first one, they had uh, wrestler Steve Austin versus wrestler Randy Couture, and I really wanted martial arts dude uh, Van Damme versus martial arts dude Jet Li. That would have been fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was gutted I didn't get that. But apart from that, I love the Expendables films. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just silly fun. But The Man from Uncle as well, was I, I, I was surprised at how funny it was. You know, it really sort of made you laugh out loud at times. Yeah, um, there's a good level of timing that goes yes. with it. It's, it's, it's not, it's not like stupid jokes. Mm-hmm. And it's not all puns. It's... It, it's a funny film that's played completely straight, which makes it funnier. Yes. Yeah. And it's slightly quippy, but not wah, wah, too quippy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who was I was talking to someone who's complaining about how quips just bring you 
how Quip is a thing that character wouldn't do, but because it's funny for the film, we'll make them do it anyway, and it brings mm-hmm. you out of it. It's not like that. The characters seem relatively well realized, and the relationships seem well realized. I liked it a lot, and it's mm-hmm. it is one where you can you can watch it, and then at the end it says, "Here's why it all works," and you go, "Oh, of course it is." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It it makes sense within itself. Yeah, it's not all. Oh, and we had to do a thing, so we're going to take a shortcut from here to there. It earned the payoff at the end. Yeah, you know, it didn't just jump straight to it or have a silly twist. It, it was it was building up to it, and then, like you said, it it felt deserved. You know. Yeah, and and you you are able to work out the twist just before they tell it to you. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh no, oh no! Instead of <laughs> where where did that come from? Yeah, um, Brooker, what have you seen this week? So I, after going to watch Ghostbusters, I sat down and watched the uh, the documentary Ghost Heads on Netflix. Have you guys come across this? I've heard of it. I've not. I've not watched it. So it's basically it's an hour long documentary, just kind of talking to guys that are well, Ghost Heads are Ghostbusters fans <laughs> who go one hundred percent in, and they they cosplay and they do. You know the cons and all that. Like they, they basically a lot of these people live their lives like go outside of work like Ghostbusters. They collect. They have the cars, the the outfits, everything. It's it was interesting. Uh, I kind of wanted to watch it just to see kind of it, it basically for a little bit of positivity after you know all the shit that surrounded the new new mm. Ghostbusters film. It would have been nice to see a little, you know, a little bit of uh, positivity around the film, and it was a really kind of, like I said, it's only an hour, and a bit like uh, the documentary Paul watched last week. It would have been really, really easy to just strip layers off of these people, just rip the piss out of them for an hour, because I mean, these guys are hardcore fans. Like, I wish I loved something as much as these people love. <laughs> You know, but it's yeah. really cool. You know, they they've uh, you know they get their families involved. They you know they they go do uh, visits to hospitals and see sick kids and that. And obviously, there ain't many films that that you can do. Like generations of people know what Ghostbusters is. You know, and mm-hmm. I think the only other thing I I could maybe see uh, mimicking that would be maybe Back to the Future, but. You don't really get to dress up much if you're a Back to the Future fan. You just drive a really old tin can car. <laughs> but the thing with this was, I mean, the main main guy, and I'm, I'm going to check his name, so I don't want to get it wrong, because he was really cool. Uh, his name's Tom Gebhardt, Gebhardt, I think it, you pronounce his name. And he's basically the, he's not like a, a head of anything, but he's like the, the central point of this documentary. He, uh, like he got into Ghostbusters looking at, you know, when he's a, uh, his parents split up and he spent all his time with his granddad watching Ghostbusters and they'd done Ghostbusters stuff together and, you know, all his presents he ever got from his granddad was Ghostbusters things. And he kind of, he got into it just from being a kid and having something to like, latch on to, I suppose. And literally his entire life just revolves around Ghostbusters and, and being a ghost head. And it's really, really cool. Like, and it's... It's a really sweet look. Some of these people, they really, they try and get their families involved. You know, they want to share it with their kids. 
you know, I the only thing I can compare it to for me is you know when uh, when Nikita sits there listening to my music and dancing around the living room when my music, <laughs> you know, it's fucking awesome when she does that because you know I'm I'm mainly because I listen to very heavy metal and, and kids maybe <laughs> shouldn't be listening to that. But you know, it's really cool when my little one is running around the house and she's dancing and she knows the words and it's really cool. And this guy, you know, he's a, a different level sharing Ghostbusters with his kids. And it is just, it's really cool. And you know what? It's an hour of your life. You can't not watch this, this little documentary. It's not the greatest documentary I've ever seen, you know, and I don't watch many. But it's you know it's harmless. You, you're not going to come out knowing any more than you, you did when you started. But it, you know it's a bit of fun and watch these guys. Like genuinely, there's I don't think I love anything as much as these people love Ghostbusters. It's scary some of them. It it kind of sounds a bit like um, a mix between the obsessive fans like for Bronies, you know, but at the same time more. Uh, Mm. So socially adjusted yes maybe you know without being too broad in painting strokes of, you know uh, no, of no, how, uh, no no absolutely ab ab but you know <laughs> paint, no, no it, it's kind of like that it's they it does sound really mean to say they're just normal people because you know, so bronies but they're bronies but mm -hmm. no these you know these guys they have jobs or for the most part they have jobs they just this is their hobby and yeah. they've just they've taken it to a level that I I don't know. We love movies, so we talk about it on a podcast. They mm -hmm. love they love Ghostbusters, so they go to cons dressed as Ghostbusters. And it's really cool. Like you watch all these people. Like every state uh, in the US has their own chapter, and they've all you know they've got their own badge. And usually it's like a, it's the Ghostbusters logo over like an outline of their state or something. They're just people like enjoying their hobby. Like my parents used to do fucking English Civil War reenactments. It's just what they used to do as a hobby. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But it, you know, it's it's genuinely really interesting to watch and really, and it's really nice to see you know for an hour just people having nothing but nice things to say about all things Ghostbusters. You know, of course, because they were doing it for this film, they got uh, dragged out to LA to see the the trailer and they got to see like this guy. This uh, what, I've forgotten his fucking name. Tom. Mm -hmm. He uh, he was kind of down at the 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 Ghostbusters firehouse, and they happened to be filming in the area, so he got he got invited round to have a look at the the new Ecto One long before the rest of us ever saw it. You know, it, it was you know it's cool. It's a, a fun little fun little documentary. Yeah. A little bit of fun, you know. Bunch of go. It's, it's it's a talking head thing. It's nothing special, but it, it looks like you know a little bit of fun. Yeah, you know, give it a watch if you are. Uh, if you get a spare hour, you ain't, you know, you're, it's completely inoffensive. There's, there's no way you can come out of it and go, well, that was a waste of my time. Because, you know, <laughs> you'll get a grin out of it in the end. I quite liked it. Okay, well, me and Owen are talking about the same thing this week. Um, and it's a new new show on Netflix, new Netflix original programming. It's Pokemon um, Port. It's not Pokemon porn, no. Paul's not involved this week. Um, so, yeah, I, when I was emailing Owen about this week's podcast, I emailed him and said, oh, I've seen this new show on Netflix. I think you'd like it. I've only watched the first episode. He went, yeah, I've watched all of them already. Yep. Basically, <laughs> and it, and it, had been out, it had been out about a day. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the trailer for Stranger Things. I didn't, I didn't see the trailer. I just saw a lot of hype about it. and. Yeah. Um, but it didn't get much publicity, like advertising or anything like that, did it? 
It just sort of. Um, no, you know him. Well, you know him. Netflix has that banner. Yeah. At the top, and sometimes they'll put the you know the coming soon thing. It was yeah. about a fortnight ago, I think. It had Stranger Things, and I thought hmm, I quite like the the look of that design. You know, where it's the, got the, the the poster, for lack of a better. Yeah, yeah. That just looked. Well, no, no, because it wasn't the poster. It was just like a screenshot, but it was the kind of lighting of it. You know, the colours that it was using, and it looked like it was going to be very nostalgic and very. Um, Spielberg-esque in its, its design. And so we watched the trailer and we thought, oh, actually, that looks like it could be quite interesting. We'll keep an eye out for that. Watched the first episode when it was actually added to Netflix and we're like, okay, should we just watch the next one? Yeah, should we, should we watch the next one? No, yeah. Watch the, 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 should we do the fourth one before we go to bed? Yeah, let's watch them. Hmm, we got time for the fifth episode. Should we do that? It just ended up being one of those shows where you just couldn't, we well, we couldn't stop watching it's, it. It's quite fortunate it's not on normal telly where it's an episode a week, because yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it benefits from being able to blitz through it all as well. I, I don't think. know if it does. Cause I think people would still be that engrossed. They'd watch it week on week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely got its uh, cliffhangers should you decide to watch it bit at a time. But um, I think watching it all together is just because it's all about the atmosphere. It's about the yeah. characters. It's about um, it plays on nostalgia quite heavily. Well, yeah, you can so, see you, know, you can see where the influences have come from because the, this is this isn't going to give away, away the plot any it, any way, shape, or form. But the bits with the kids, the, mm-hmm. the children in it, kind of has a kind of Goonies or Super Eight or ET kind yeah. of about it. Re- really, kind of reminiscent as those kind of eighties kid, not kids films, but films where they, like a group of kids just on the verge of becoming teenagers are the main characters. Um, yeah, like um, it is one yeah. that it's it's kind of compared to because it's got the horror element to yeah. it as well. Um, you've um, got kind of the the paranormal kind of stuff. It's a bit you know bits mm-hmm. of it are a bit X Filesy in a way, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's you know you can see like Stephen King in it and Spielberg in it, and you've got yeah. kind of a, away from the supernatural stuff. You've got kind of good not cop drama, but you know in police investigation going on. Do you know what? Do you know what? The first few minutes of, of uh, Stranger Things, we were watching it because, you know, it's set in the 80s. It's about a kid that goes missing in the woods and then his three mates try to find where he's vanished to. There's no sign of him and everything. Um, what happens is a mysterious young girl with a shaved head just appears in the middle of the woods whilst they're out looking. And so, you know, yeah, yes, it's got monsters in it and, yes, there's a bit of, like, conspiracy... Um, but when you watch the first 15 minutes, it seems like it's just going to be full of cliches because you've got the group of kids, right? And you think, oh, these are, he's going to be very annoying. This kid without the teeth, he's going to be really annoying. Mm-hmm. But actually, he's just a really great character. Yeah. He's really you've got, um, easy yeah. to, to get to get into. And then you've got um, the cop who you mentioned. The you just think, cynical small-town cop. Cynical small town cop. The first thing you see him do is take some tablets and drink some beer in the morning after getting up on a Monday morning. Yeah. And you just think, this is just actually, it's not going to be great, is it? But you you just get sucked into that world. I think once you realise that it is a bit of an ode to Spielberg, to Stephen King, to John Carpenter, I mean, even to like J.J. Abrams. Mm. You mentioned Super 8. Um, I think it, it does. 
it it does try to be a a film of its own volition. You know, it's got the influences, and it. I mean, it literally shows you them points. There were yeah. posters of films by these guys. All oh, there's yeah, there's around, you know, and there's all kind the of there's, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of eighties references with toys and whatever. There's the you know, He-Man yeah. adverts and Millennium Falcon toys and all that kind of thing. Um, the score and the soundtrack are brilliant as well. Oh, what a score! Yeah, it's it's very uh, synth heavy, but I I loved it. I thought it was just. Uh, I think obviously this one very immersive. This, this doesn't give away the, the plot in any way, in any way, shape, or form. Again, but there's a really good cover of Heroes as well, wasn't there? In one episode. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I, just yeah that was, I thought that was brilliant. This. Just it, it has. I mean, the synth score is great, but yeah, you're right. It's got a really good soundtrack as well. You know, the it's tracks. Just, this is quite a cool, cool eighty soundtrack. Yeah, although it's got like, um, uh, should I stay or should I go? By yeah. the Clash, which is uh, quite important in one of the is it second episode. I think they emphasise it quite heavily. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got Joy Division because it's about this kid who's experiencing these bands for the first time. It it really is a cool film. Uh, well, it's not a film, you know, cool eight-part series. But yeah, any, uh, anyone should just go and watch it, and you'll you'll probably get it done within two days. Yeah, I think it's got a right the right sort of balance. Of, and we'll come on to this actually in Ghostbusters because this is one of the things I liked about the Ghostbusters remake as well. It's got the right balance of being just a bit scary, but actually it's not reliant on being scary. No, it's Do not. You know what I mean? it's, it's, it's not brutal. There's not really much gore. There's no gore. There's well, there's a little bit of gore, but there's, there's yeah. yeah, you're right. It's, it's not like it's Splatterhouse not, film. It's, it's more the atmosphere is what gives you the scares and the creepy feeling and everything. It's not, it's not kind of, you know, bodies being ripped apart and and people being yeah. murdered on screen. It's well, there is a bit of that, but it's not brutal. Which is why people mention X Files when they're talking about um, Stranger Things because it's the same level of. Uh, of peril, mm. isn't it? You know? I mean, you would, in parts of it, you wouldn't be surprised if Mulder and Scully popped up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the, the cast are really good. Winona Ryder is, is very good as the, the, the yeah. child's mum, really good. Where did that performance come yeah. from? You know, she's been in the wilderness for years and then suddenly puts in a show like that. Yeah. It's and, uh, impressive. And the kids as well, the, the young mm. cast, so the, like, the kind of teenagers you've got in there, 16, 17, I suppose. Um, like high school kids and the, and the younger kids are friends of the boy mm-hmm. who's gone missing they're all really good as well but they're also really good well written characters they're well rounded because yes. you think at first they're just going to be stereotypes you've got yeah. the weird loner kid you've got the jock showing off to his mates and is a bit of a, a you know airhead sort of character and actually there's more to him than that and yeah. you've got the the nerdy girl with her Short ginger haired glasses wearing, you know, a big coat and big coat wearing friend. And actually, again, there's, there's a point to all this as well. It, I think they, they put a lot of thought and effort into this. It's written and directed by some guys called the Duffer Brothers. I'd never heard of them no. before. And to come out with something like this from relative obscurity, um, I guess it's credit to Netflix for giving them the opportunity, but. It's just, uh, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Are you, are you guys, Brian Brooker, have you got any intentions of watching this? Or Absolutely. I've been keeping my eye on this for a while, and unfortunately I just, because I've been a bit busy with other things, Orange mm-hmm. the New Black has to be the priority for me at the moment. <laughs> the second I'm done with that, we move on to Stranger Things, because I've been looking forward to it for quite some time. Oh, 
watch it, watch it on a day off and you'll be done with it in a day. I can't do that. I have a wife who wants to watch it as well. <laughs> and I tell you yeah. what, I'm pretty sure Owen can attest to this. You start watching stuff the wife wants to watch and she's not about your life, just ain't fucking worth living. That's true. <laughs> There's no point watching it again pretending that you haven't seen it already because no. it just doesn't work. And she knows. Work. Yeah. She mm-hmm. knows. Then you end up being stabbed in the eye with a spoon while you sleep. <laughs> I um, used to live... Like, my then-girlfriend was doing a PhD and she'd have Netflix on in the background. So she'd get through, like, seven episodes of Desperate Housewives a day. I'd come back in from work and go, how come they're together? I thought that... No, no, we've moved on. We've moved on. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm going to give up on this. It's rubbish. But I, I could not follow. So, no, I'm not planning on seeing Stranger Things because... Horror Terry things aren't in my wheelhouse. I'm a, I'm a big fear D. I don't like stuff. Like that. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, I mean, it isn't that. Do you, do you like sci-fi stuff? Because it's more sci-fi fantasy than it is anything remotely horror. Um, Possibly, but I'm also I'm seeing if I can spend my summer getting through like the my reading pile is measured in feet just now. Okay. I'm trying to get rid of that. Yeah, fair I, enough. I but once you're done with that, once you finish that, I yeah, uh, I would start on Stranger Things if I were you. It's just, it's just brilliant. It's possibly my favourite Netflix original though. I, I really enjoyed it that much. What was the previous Netflix original favourite? Was it the Idris Elba Army one? Uh, in terms of films, yeah, that by a mile because the other films I've made have been dog shit. But in terms of TV series, probably Orange Is the New Black. Oh. Daredevil. I was thinking Daredevil. Yeah, first first season of Daredevil was good. Or now that we've gotten past the shitty third season, House of Cards. Time now for us to review um, the new Ghostbusters film, uh, a film that had come in for for much criticism, fairly or unfairly, um, in the run up to its release, um, mainly as it's a a remake or a whatever you want to call it of what may well be considered a stone cold classic film um, or because it was replacing an all male cast with an all female cast your, your thought well the thoughts on those things will probably come on to but this Ghostbusters film starred Melissa McCarthy uh, Kristen Wiig Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones as the Ghostbusters with Chris Hemsworth as their receptionist Kevin um We've all, we've all seen it, obviously, um, and we all enjoy it to varying degrees, I think, is the most important thing to say. Um, the trailer, misleading to an extent. That's because yeah, the trailer well, it... was rubbish. Mm-hmm. A, r- a rare example of a film not putting the best bits in a trailer. Which worked, I, I because it meant that the best bits that. were still in the film. So it's yes. still fun to watch the film without having it all spoiled for you. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the trailer did not make it look in any way, shape, or form. It was. It was. Wasn't, it was a, an entertaining watch. Was the trailer not the the highest downvoted tr- video ever on YouTube or something? Yeah, that sounds about right for the quality of the trailer, though. No, no, that's true. <laughs> um, and yes, obviously, it came in for. A lot of silly criticism for it being a remake with an all-female cast when the original Ghostbusters was all men. That that was daft and, and 
I did have reservations about the film before it came out, but that wasn't one of them. Yeah, the reservations I had were over stuff that I had seen in it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, when we saw the trailer for um, for the film and you had uh, just really just lame jokes and obvious humour that it just did not look like it was going to be good. That was the main thing I took from the, the trailer. With it being an all-female cast, I couldn't care less and I, I still can't, you know. It, it, if it's going to be a funny film, I don't care who's in it. It's the main, well, to an extent, you know. They're going to make a... They're going to make Kadassi a Adam comedy, Handler, you know. Ghostbusters. Exactly. I'm not yeah, I might, might avoid it. Might avoid trying to give that guy any more money. But <laughs> uh, in terms of this, I liked the idea of it. Um, in, in so much as, you know, they were trying to reboot it. We talked about this a while ago, Steve. Um, yeah. I think you might have been on that podcast as well, Brooker, where I we was. were talking about well, if they're going to do a Ghostbusters uh, again, they might as well just go helpful and do something new with it. If they just remake it and have the same sort of characters again, if they even just made a third film but put all the old guys back in as the mentors, or I mean, well, no one was really that interested in that, were they? Of course, the big well, problem was that you can't have Ghostbusters three really because one of them is dead, and one of them is really not interested in making a Ghostbusters film. <laughs> you know, there's there was never going to be a proper Ghostbusters three, so instead of trying to ham fist you, yeah you can't you can't have a ghostbusters free with with dan Aykroyd and and ernie, ernie hudson Hull. leading the film so <laughs> so may as well fuck the whole lot off start from scratch and if you're going to do that it's going to be a comedy just get four good comedians in and that's what they've done they just happen to be women yeah that's it really. I, I don't think it, it just happened I, I think it was done with the idea that we will do something different and I, oh, yes, I like sure. that. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm fine with it and I support it. And one of the things is if you see uh, cast members out and about or at premieres, there's lots of young girls being excited because here's a thing that I can do. Like, mm-hmm. I can be a hero like that too. That's super important for people. Um, talking about the reboot boot side, I was thinking it's kind of like, that is kind of not like Star Trek Into Darkness. Because Into Darkness no. wanted to be a reboot and wanted to have its audience come in with the nostalgia for what was beforehand. And at moments in that it didn't earn because it's only like a, a film and a half into a franchise, but it wanted to get an emotional pair for it. This one didn't, it didn't rely on nostalgia for what Ghostbusters used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it had a couple of nods to the older fans, though, right? I mean, it was doing a little appeasing, but... Sorry, Mike, go on. I would say it was doing a little bit of, like, appeasing to that particular crowd, but it it wasn't doing it in a please-like-this-film sort of way. It was like, if you remember it, you'll get this reference. Otherwise, never mind. It's just a throwaway. Yeah, they were throwaway, but in Star Trek it was... It's Khan! I think no one knows who Khan is. It means in nothing Trek, it was to the cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but without any effect in the characters had for each other or any sense of danger, this one was just a bit they flopped in. Like the, the first cameo is a bust of Harold Ramis, and it's mm-hmm. in the background of a scene. You go, oh, that's next. If you saw yeah. it, good. If you understood it, better. If you didn't, it hasn't didn't, derailed it or upset the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and like that taxi driver Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd's had better days. <laughs> Almost didn't recognise him at first. If I, if only because I knew that they were all cameoing at different points, I probably wouldn't have recognised that as Dan Aykroyd. Well, I got yeah. like when they did the finale scene, I thought we've not had like Ernie Hudson in it. That's that's not really <laughs> on, is it? And, oh wait, <laughs> there he is. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but regardless of the people who used to be in it, the people who are in it now is the main cast. Mm. Uh, what did we make of them? Because I was surprised by a couple of them, I have to admit. Kate uh, McKinnon was fantastic. Oh, I'm a little bit she, in love with that woman. Yeah. She is, from what I've been reading in fan reviews, far and away the number one hit thing about this film, largely for the, the fight scene. And I think most people commenting I've said have said that they went, maybe I'm a little bit gay now. <laughs> Lots of women going, Kate McKinnon. Mm. I, I thought she was really good. I'll start. I want you to remember everything I say about this film. I had a ton of fun watching it, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I liked Holtzman, but Holtzman's not a character. Holtzman's a device. She, she's a cue, but she's cue that stays into the film right the way through. Like she doesn't end the film in a different place from where she began. She doesn't have character growth. You're not sure what her character is other than quirky. Well, mm. What she does, she does very well. But she's not really a character. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. She's um, an interesting member of the cast without actually, I and suppose, having a story. And yeah, She's the one to watch all the time she's on screen. Mm-hmm. Like she, she demands it. Because yeah. she's very good with it. So, with what she's given to do, she does a lot with it. Both mm-hmm. in the story of the film, what she's given to do is make the props. <laughs> that, that's her narrative role. Yeah, I suppose. But she's also kind of like the third wheel, isn't she, between Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig's character, who are trying to reconcile, and then Kate McKinnon's sort of the one who's... She's there. She's already in with Melissa McCarthy's character. Um, so it's kind of the jealousy from Kristen Wiig. She's, um, she's also so. the uh, the one that's modernising the Ghostbusters, though, you know, compared to the older films. She's not... Because they don't just have proton packs. She's the one giving them, you know, shotguns and crazy weapons and pistols and grenades and whatever. Yeah. She's bringing everything, you know... This isn't just... This isn't the 1984 Ghostbusters. This is, you know bringing it up to modern times and we can have better weapons than what you had back then you know she's She's the modern nerd isn't she she's she's kind of you know geeky but cool at the same time yeah Yeah, absolutely i uh i I just i thought she was so much fun to watch she would like you say whenever she's on screen she's the direction you have to be looking but Mm -hmm. yeah okay uh, she doesn't get much in the way of character development but i don't think she needs it really no, there's only really two that, you know, that is Melissa McCarthy and Krista Wiggs characters yeah. who have anything in the way of uh, worthwhile plot and character. But it's again, I'm taking Ghostbusters as a comedy. And I think in, in terms of it being a comedy, I don't mind if it just makes me laugh, which it did. If I, if I like the characters as they're presented, that's enough for me for, for something like this. And um, that's basically what happened. I just thought it was... 
it was a good laugh all the way through. Yeah, I'll agree with that completely. Chuckle, I, I, yeah, I, I laughed my ass off all the way through. I, I did think it took a little while to get going. There was um, maybe the first 10 minutes, possibly even 15 minutes, where I did, didn't laugh much, if at all. There, and I thought it was going to take a long time before I got into it. There was a joke on the tour that wasn't there. The guy, for a start, has got a really good cast. Most hmm. people that appear in it, apart from, I think, the villain, you've seen in something else. Like it yeah, had yeah. half the guys from Veep. Um, <laughs> it had a, a Charles few Dance was in it at one point. Um, the the dean from Veronica Mars season three was in it. I don't know what else he's been in, but I go, oh, that's the guy. There was a joke <laughs> in the tour, wasn't there? But it was a very quick and sly one. Like mm. there, there are some great big jokes. There are some running jokes that didn't work, and there were. It was Kevin, who was the funniest thing. But there were, there were jokes right way through at various levels. And I thought it was funny. I also thought it was... You guys are horror fans, so you won't be. But the tension at the start in the house... Mm-hmm. I thought that, that was, was quite creepy. good. For a, for a 12-rated film, you know, or what will probably be PG-13 over in the States, for that kind of film, I was actually... I wasn't scared, but I kind of went... That's, that's you know, a bit creepy, and I quite like that. And fuck me, the nightmare fuel when she looks in that fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> I know that shit creeped me out, and Wait, yeah, bit, I didn't want to sleep. The uh, when they're in the rock concert, I don't want to ruin it, just in case people. Yeah. Oh yes, cool. One hundred percent nightmare fuel. There's a, a Stephen King quotation which says that there's three types of scary. There's gross out or jumping stuff, which is where there's horror, which is the gross out stuff, and there's terror. And his example is you go back to your house and everything's been replaced with a different version of itself, identical. And there are a few bits in Ghostbusters that were a bit of terror, like that door used to be locked. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. it's not locked. Yeah, and that's it's more effective than just ah, it's monsters and folk without a face and yeah. stuff that jumps at you. It mm-hmm. it could have possibly developed bits of that more, and I'd have been fine with it. The fact that it didn't mm-hmm. cause it's aiming for a kids market. I understand that's fine. But, but the it, original it, was the original was same. It was the same in that it was it was a great comedy, but it was also creepy in parts. Yeah, you know, I, I think the problem with the first, the original now is that, I mean, maybe you guys are the same, but I've watched it so many times, I'm completely desensitised to any eeriness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it yeah. literally, it's like watching The Exorcist over and over and over again. After time 40, it's not scary anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only bits I remember, and I watched it when I was a really weak kid, and then later on, the only bits I remember from the first one that were scary was when the lady in the library turns around and her face goes into a spooky yeah. face. Yeah, and yeah. when pans, the, the, the ghosts are all on the loose and there's a taxi driver who's basically a rotted corpse. Those <laughs> are the two bits I went, ooh. Yeah. And they're, they're gross out, they're, they're horror bits. But the, the, the lady in the library was also pretty terrifying, not just like gross out horror in the original. Whereas, I mean, this, 
it does also do a bit of the same in terms of gross out, you know, with the ectoplasm being expelled on them and stuff. It's pretty gross, but I, I mean, it, yeah, I was just, I just thought it had a nice balance between the two, between being quite terrifying and being gross comedic horror. I think, I think it'd be really good actually, like when you know, when kids go and watch it, you know, kind of twelve-year-olds. I think actually it would be quite a nice beginning to a life of sitting like you and me watching horror films. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I quite, I think that's quite a good thing. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's definitely, like I said, there's definitely some eerie bits. A bit at the beginning did kind of, it was creepy. It didn't scare me, but it was creepy. Obviously, we had, we have what is going to be forever known as the nightmare room. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of bits did, you know, genuinely, you go, oh, that's, let me just double check the rating for this so I don't shit my pants too much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I think the first one must have been the same. You know, we all watched it when we were kids, and yeah. most of us like horror films. I mean, genuinely, that must have been something close to our first encounter with anything close to a horror film. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think it's really cool that that would be, you know, for the next generation, you know, for, for my little and a few years, you can sit and watch that and go, that was really cool. What else have you got? And I go, well, oh, sweet. Oh, try the Evil Dead. Yeah. Is that all you've got? <laughs> I've got this really cool film about things to hang around in the basement. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the film. It, it was funny. Um, for me, it was sort of, it was, a, it was a solid comedy. It was a three out of five, six out of ten kind of film. Um, the only reason why we're spending this much time talking about it probably is because it's a Ghostbusters remake, because of the fury around having an all-female cast replacing an all-male cast, the, the status of Ghostbusters in, in kind of being a cult film, whatever. That's, that's the only reason I think we're spending this long talking about it. If it was, if it was not a remake, a reboot, whatever, if, it's, if Ghostbusters had never happened in the 80s, we would have spent as much time talking about this film as we would have done 21 Jump Street. And I think it's a bit on par with that, with Twenty One Jump Street. With oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not criticizing. Know, the, I'm not criticizing the quality of. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not criticizing know, the quality yeah. at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. I just think that if if it wasn't that, if it wasn't the reboot of Ghostbusters or a remake of Ghostbusters, we we wouldn't have had a discussion of this length about it. I think there are, there are things to admire about it in that it is that makes it stand out from other comedies and other films in that I mean it wasn't something that jumped out at me whilst I was watching the film but as we were leaving the cinema my wife and I watched it together and she said uh, it's quite nice to watch a film where the all the women characters in it none of them get hit on and I was like yeah I didn't even occur that didn't even occur to me but the they don't, you know, there's no lecherous men hitting on them, even for just comedic value all the way through. If anything, it's, you know, um, the br- brilliant Chris Hemsworth in it, who's the guy who's the dumb blonde, who they all, well, Kristen Wiig's character fancies. You know, it's kind of, I liked that about it, and I think that would still make it worth discussion. Um, but by the same token, I've said I've liked it, and I do like it, I found it funny, because it is funny, but in a couple of years... I probably will have completely forgotten about it. I suppose as well that um, with the the characters, not the characters, but the 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 job. So we've had quite a lot of female-led comedies over the last few years. Quite a few of Melissa McCarthy in um, mm-hmm. 
bridesmaids, that kind of thing. Though you know, we've had quite a lot of female-led comedies. It's not that new or that revolutionary anymore. But the, in, in this, if you were if you were making a film about Ghostbusters, the the job <laughs> of a Ghostbuster, that job, you would think, or people would think, perhaps film producers would think that you would either have a mixed gender you know you'd have males and females doing it or it'd be all, all male whereas they've got no ghostbusters they can all be female fine and a bit like the last melissa mccarthy film was all spy quite often you'd either have a male spy and a female spy working together or a male spy on his own james bond man from uncle that kind of thing now this spy they went no the lead of this is a female and what we might traditionally consider a male role even as a comedy a serious film whatever or am I talking well, shit? Going back as far as Alien, because stuff like Alien was written with Ripley. Yeah. Ripley mm-hmm. wasn't given a gender until they saw Sigourney Weaver and went, that's the side we're going to come down on. Mm-hmm. The, the difference is, I think this must be the biggest budget all-female-fronted comedy film, possibly? A, yeah, I believe that's correct, actually. Yeah. So it's, That would sound about right. So it's... The studios are actually getting behind something that should be probably a no-brainer. Cause you, mm-hmm. And the other thing that was pointed out was that previous all-women comedy films have been about their role as women. Like Bridesmaid mm-hmm. was about weddings, and there's ones about getting married or finding Mr. Right. Well, this is about our job is to bust a ghost. Not because yep. we're women... Because we're here to bust ghosts. Yeah. So scientists, they're clever people. Uh, you know, it's not just um, dumb luck or you know anything stupid like that. They've given them a bit of uh, respectable characters, in if you like. And but yeah, they're not. They're not trying to find ghosts and catch them so they can marry them. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Yeah, the one that got away and they they've gone after him, kind of thing. Well, it's not Mr. the first one. Died, though, and they have to catch his ghost. <laughs> I'm operating a sequel. Although I am, I am going to sketch out a prop for that. Um, I think that could be quite fun. Oh no, it's just basically ghost, isn't it? Fuck it, never yeah. mind. Move on. Mm. Um, anyway, um, is, is there any more to say about uh, Ghostbusters 2016? Yeah, I'll give a, a PSA for anyone who hasn't seen it. Stay for the credits, not just for the post-credit scene, which is decent. But because the credits themselves have got jokes in them, um, mm-hmm. I wonder a callback to the, the funniest joke in the film. Chris Hemsworth is, he gets by far the best lines. I'm not sure if it's written for him or just because he's improv them, because I know he has improv some bits beforehand. But, but he gets the funniest lines. The payoff is in the credits. And I've been told that the first cut of this film was four hours long. I actually fancy, wow. like, I didn't fancy seeing the extended Batman versus Superman because that was guff to start off with. He couldn't make it better. I do want to see the four hour or director's cut of this because there must be lots of story that we're missing, lots of character development that we're missing because it wasn't central to narrative. And I want to see what it. Sorry, go on, mate. I, I want to see what it could have been. You also got four Saturday Night Live people in there, so actually, four hour director's cut is going to be four hours of just improv class. Mm-hmm. 
which could be well, really funny. Should be re- the outtakes should be really good. Oh, the, the, the gag, I can't wait for the gag reel. It's the reason I pre-ordered Blu-ray already <laughs> for the gag reel. I'm, I'm going to try and squeeze in maybe one more watch before it comes out of the cinema so I can see it again. But yeah, I'm dying to see the gag reel. I'm, I'm happy enough to wait for DVD. But also, what do people think about the, the redone theme song? With Fallout yeah. Boy and Missy. The Fallout I mean, Boy one can fuck right off. I don't mind it. I do like when they incorporated the theme into the score. That worked really well, either as a, a little plinky sinister mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. That was done well. Or like in the action battle in Times Square bit. I liked what they did with that. You see the uh, the thing at the end, near the end, with... Uh... With Holtzman doing her bit and the, the the slightly tweaked Ghostbusters theme over the top of it, that yeah, was that, just that's what I'm talking beautiful. About. And I wanted to just get up and cheer. Both times I've seen it, I wanted to get up and cheer. I was kind of worried that the first time I watched it, I just liked it despite the twats that were going on about it. <laughs> so I, I went and watched it again, and I loved it just as much. But And that scene with that little bit of Ghostbusters theme tune over it, amazing. The scene when you see them drive off in Ecto with the Fallout Boy thing ruined with Fallout Boy. <laughs> I fucking hated that song. It was terrible. I I quite like it. I don't mind it. Actually, not, not I don't mind it. I actually quite like it. It did feel like that wasn't the place for doing it in the film. I mean, I think, I, I I think you're right. Be a, I, I put it over the credits leave. thing. Yeah, the song I kind of take and leave, I thought it was a bit shit when I first heard it and I couldn't really care less. But sticking it over that bit in the film, I actually thought ruined the scene. Mm. I, I, I think I, I couldn't care less either way, to be honest. <laughs> I, the, the original's better, but, you know, that could just be nostalgia. I don't know. Slightly, I don't know. I don't on a tangent, my favourite thing to come out with this recently is uh, there was a Reddit comment when they tried really hard to make Ghostbusters a comedy when they just forgot that the original wasn't a comedy, it was just funny. I fucking okay. love Reddit. Mm. <laughs> like the fucking bilge of the internet. Yeah, that doesn't really not make a comedy, any it's sense. It's got folk from starting live acting and it, writing in it. it. It's not a comedy, it's just funny. What? what? It's, not, it's not a comedy, it's just a what? film with jokes what? in. Like, Mad Men's not a comedy, but it, have you guys watched Mad Men? If you, get, if you spend a few seasons with the characters, it's hilarious. It doesn't have jokes in it, it's got bits mm-hmm. that are funny. So I understand the point he's making, but Ghostbusters is the wrong film to make those points in. Because well, yeah, it's with comedy actors written by comics. Yeah. <laughs> well, should we, should we wrap up there? Um with our Ghostbusters chat and move on to recommendations for the week ahead before we finish up. Um, I'm going to go with Netflix. I'm not actually going to go for Stranger Things because I think me and Owen have raved about that enough and if you haven't taken the hint Mm -hmm. to go and watch it from what me and Owen said, (laughs) then you're not listening to us. Um, But Fargo, the TV series, has now gone on to Netflix UK. That's Fargo season two. Season one's been on it for a while, but season two. Yes, they've added new really episodes. Good. Yes, um, Owen. 
Um, probably not one for Brian, given his, his comments earlier, but uh, David Cronenberg's Videodrome is going to be on the Horror Channel oh, on Tuesday yeah. evening, Wednesday morning. Uh, 10 to 1 in the morning, basically. So, nice. um, proper mess with your head, sci-fi horror, that. It's a great film. Okay. Um, Brian? I was going to say Fargo, because it's really good. But when I was browsing near Netflix dot whatever, I found this thing called Night Owls. I haven't seen it. I've got no idea of the quality. But the description is, an awkward nice guy thinks he's hit the jackpot. He meets a beautiful woman who's attracted to him. But her plans for the evening include suicide. Well, <laughs> Intriguing. Well, Tell me I, more. <laughs> I think I'll watch, that's all got. It's got Tony Hale, who I feel I should recognise the name. Rosa mm-hmm. Salazar should recognise the name. Um, I'll see if I can find a trailer or something for it and watch that. Um, Tony Hill's in Arrested Development. Who's he? His name does sound familiar. What does... Oh! Oh, right, it's... um. He's in Veep. Buster. He's, he's uh, the bad guy from Veep. Yeah, he's Buster in Arrested Development. Okay. So, yeah. I might watch that because that sounds off beat what yeah. category they put it in is it oh, tags dark comedies romantic comedies comedies so I guess the comedy sends a babble of laughs anyway well the the skeleton twins is the previous holder of the funniest film about suicide it's really funny so I might watch that at some point see what it's like it could be rubbish Sounds like a good recommendation. Well, okay. I, I've not seen anything about it. I'm just saying that it caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Brooker? Uh, so I suppose much like you guys with Stranger Times, I went on one enough about ghost heads, so I won't bother recommending it. Otherwise, you just weren't listening. So uh, <laughs> High Rise is out on Blu-ray this week. Oh, yes, it is. And, I forgot about that. Go out and buy High Rise because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> And The Witch is finally out in the UK as well, I just re- remembered. Oh, yeah. so, I, you know. I keep forgetting it's only just come out because I, I bought it from American <laughs> iTunes weeks ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. But The Witch is the same. Fucking absolutely brilliant film. I loved it. Mm. Both, go by both of them. The, the Witch, if, yeah. if you don't like horror, mate, you won't like The Witch. Okay, but what is it about? <laughs> it's about a witch. It's, it's, it's about a witch. Mm. It's about the... Um, first settlers in America and there's a, uh, a community who get exiled yeah, from their little banished group from their, and the, from their community and have to start their own and when they start yeah, their own so they, they kind of do it on the outskirts of the woods where weird and strange things happen when they go foraging for food and there's accusations of them being witches but it's based on lots of real life uh, accounts of what happened in that period um, and the people who were accused of being witches, you know, the Salem witch trials and all that kind of thing. Mm. It's based on real documented accounts of the things that was supposedly going on. But the, um, have you seen it, Owen? Yes. Yeah. So I thought yeah. the genius of that film, right? Cause I, I mean, obviously, when I was a bit younger, and a lot of people do it now, when you watch horror films and you get absolutely scared, the first thing you do 
is kind of look away from the TV or the screen. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with The Witch because there's not actually anything scary on screen. It's 100% atmosphere. And because of that, you're still going to shit yourself and it's still going to escape. Yeah. Whether or not you're looking mm-hmm. at that screen. And that's what made it. It's, it makes it probably one of the best horrors I've seen in the last couple of years. I really, really like The Witch. It's a it's a really good example of a proper indie horror that's not just like we talked about with jump scares. There's thought and there's um, it's very carefully constructed. Uh, it's just a uh, it's unlike most other horror films. It's a bit experimental, um, but I think the fact because you know it's based on stuff that happened to real not like the actual witchery and witchcraft and stuff, but the, the the things people were accused of and what happened to them as in the, um, as a result of that makes it all the more terrifying, I think. Okay, uh, so that's all for this week's Fail Critics podcast. Next week, Owen, we're back with what? And who? Star Trek Beyond. I'm saying that with a question mark at the end. Yeah, BFB and Star I... Trek Beyond is this week. There we go. Thank you very much, Brooke. Who is doing... Who is... IMDb open... <laughs> Who is doing films with us next week? Uh, Callum? Again, another question mark? I mean, every I week I ask you this qu- Every <laughs> week I ask you this question. Yeah. You yeah. know it's coming. Um, I, think, I think it's Callum. I think it's Callum. Just the three of us? Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Um, I'm going to be tackling the local cinema entertainment complex during the first weekend of the school holidays. That'd be good. Yeah, I'm going to want to murder things by the end of it. <laughs> Probably children. I'm in week three of school holidays just now. It's great. Mm. Anyway, course, yeah, that's, all this... August, so. mm. well, that's all for this week's Fail Critics Podcast. Thank you all for joining us and me. And I'll be back next week with Callum, the BFG, and Star Trek Beyond, possibly. Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FailedCritics. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.